Today is May 1st, 2022. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki Niganago Mekoche Che Stokom Aki or Dekots Nagotene Siku. Hi, my name is Fred Thunderwoman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nisitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Blackfoot South and the imposed US Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Gunai, and Bogani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley, Chiniki, and Bearspaw Nations of the Stony Nations, and the Dene from Sutina. Uh, my Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hair People, like, like the Bunny, um, also called the Great Bear Lake Tribe in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Pinchotine Indahe in Satu Dene, meaning Many Horse Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. And actually, I the way it was explained to me, it's like um, Big Dog uh, Town. So, and, and by that, most Indigenous cultures actually uh, consider horses as like a big dog. So, just a little fun fact. Anyway. I was born here in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, says Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act and Post status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution, while having a Canadian Indian Act and Post status card, which is a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous peoples' inherent rights. Uh, Indigenous Two-Spirit or the LGBTQ2 community and Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socio-economic ladder because of policy, colonial trauma, imposed poverty, racism, gendered violence, and land theft. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit status, and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with government signing on your behalf. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous as well as honoring the host as the guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation. It's important your land acknowledgements have meaning. I encourage all to introduce themselves with their acknowledgement of their ancestry, stories of displacement, and how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a citizen of Canada, a refugee or other land displacement, so that we as Indigenous peoples know how safe you are to be around. Um, if you don't know how to pronounce your local Indigenous nation's name, won't say your story of origin, acknowledge stolen lands, and, or acknowledge the imposed economic oppression, or your role in reconciliation, I determine how safe you are to be around for myself, my community, my family, and as a Dene woman who attempted to run for public office after you know joining harmful colonial parties, spent money to be at those expensive conventions, traveled to them, just to vote on incomplete drug policies that still allow incarceration, the denial of justice, denial of health services, racism, colonial violence, genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples. You know, I have to continue to work to advocate and attempt to work within these systems that are meant to harm me and my community. So um, I know my community is dying from the current drug policies and the imposed uh, Christian-based <laughs> drug policies, the abstinence programming, um, you know, private health care and justice systems built on racism, land theft, and imposed British constructs that continue, that continue the genocide on Indigenous peoples. I think of them 
all the time and I we I want to honor their lives and their struggles and my hope is that folks that listen to this who never hear any of this conversation on mainstream media understand this is what's happening and uh you know we, you, these grants that people give us to be able to speak about these issues are always denied so anyway I honor the Blackfoot and the elders as the members have been kind to me on my red road journey Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot, and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Dene elders and the language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations on the wide range of things I talk about will be on me. I encourage questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, just as you don't speak on behalf of all of the people in your world, but I just share my road as I walk down the red journey, red road uh, journey. So my native uh, Calgarian patron account is where you can go pledge and support. If you prefer e-transfers, you can go to nativeyyc at gmail.com. I want to say thank you to all my previous donor supporters for showing your support. Um, you know, it, it it's it's shocking to me that um, the, the money people do send, I, I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I wish it was enough to earn a living. And I have thought many times about monetizing this uh, podcast in order to, you know, just be able to do this work. But um, this whole capitalist corporate structure is so gross. And uh, just when I think I might expand into that world, you know, my Instagram gets hacked or something. So, you know, it just seems like the it, it seems like it's fleeting. I know it won't be I've been doing this for what four years now, but uh, obviously, you know, it, it's a hard decision to work within this construct that uh, the economy is set up. Anyway, if you want to send any comments or questions, you can also go to nativeyyc at gmail.com. Uh, you can also give a review on whatever medium you're listening from, and you can go to the YouTube channel where you can go and subscribe. Uh, if you missed a podcast, you can go to nativecalgarian.com. And if you want to sign up for a book club, you can go to the same place. So I just wanted to do a, a quicker, well, we'll see if it's quicker. I'll do a quicker podcast today and talk about some things that have happened. Um, you know, first, I got some amazing support from the folks that we did that book club uh, or the, the uh, book interview last time, uh, the Dismantle Defund uh, group, because you know, I, I tell you, they sent me a book. I did a, a TikTok on it. I'm, I'm no, you know, uh, Sherry McKay, who does these really cute, like, openings and such. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel right doing that. But I, I do want to acknowledge when they were kind enough to be guests on my show, kind enough to give me that book. And um, and I'm excited to, to add to that conversation because I think for folks who are afraid to defund the police, they want resources. And these are great resources. And, you know, I've talked about uh, another book that we did for a book club on, uh, you know, policing Indigenous peoples. So I just think it's really important that people understand the incredible double standard that Indigenous people face. And we have 231 calls to justice, uh, 94 calls to action. And we have yet to see substantial change in this uh, legal system at all to acknowledge reconciliation. So my hope is um, people will fight for it. I had a look at one of the resources. I every so often go through the resources to make sure they're still functioning. And, um, you know, one had called out the Canadian government for, you know, petty land acknowledgements. Well, and while they're right, um, when talking about reconciliation, they actually didn't have a land acknowledgement on their own site. 
then the, and they've never engaged with me on you know that and, and we're supposed to be local anti-racism groups so like just to give an idea of the disconnect uh when it comes to this conversation about you know people wanting to be good allies but at the end of the day you know it, it is easy to call out the canadian government if you're uh non-indigenous but if you're non-indigenous which th this anti-racism group is it's there's no one indigenous in their group you know this is another example where you can use your privilege in a very different way um you know by showing by example that maybe you do need a land acknowledgement it is, is meaningful and what does that mean to you and this particular group i wish would you know say oh because of the you know exploitation of chinese um immigrants and the chinese head tax and and all these things that the Canadian government had did when when doing a land acknowledgement like I wish people seen the spin that they need to do for that so anyway wanted to talk a little bit about uh, last weekend um well even the week before that my my daughter had contracted COVID you know really excited for her she went to uh, a concert for the first time with a girlfriend no parents so you know, I knew it was going to be something she'd want to do. Um, anyway, a few days later, sure enough, she tested positive for COVID. Uh, she did pretty good through it. She was double vaxxed um, and uh, had a fever. And other than that, she seemed almost like seasonal allergies. It was her symptoms. I know they're different for everybody, but she's she says she's just fine now. So anyway, um, we had to do a bunch of canceling of like my massage, chiral, all those things because even for me, my, I was testing regularly to make sure I wasn't positive and masking and all of that. Um, anyway, the Friday night we tested her and she finally showed she was not positive. So that was good. So we were able to spend the money. It's so stupidly expensive, but we went and spent a, a ticket price for her and I to go into the Comic-Con here. So um, it's, really expensive like I can't I can't tell you how expensive it was so it was uh sixty dollars for one adult and because they conveniently ran out of youth tickets they charged me a full adult ticket for her so 120 dollars and hadn't even walked in the door yet um they expect you to download an app and they expect you to utilize that um which is I guess good for paper but you know they don't exactly provide free wi-fi and my poor daughter she's like mom you have wi-fi and i'm like i know but the point is charging because she comes from this generation where wi-fi is not a big deal but for like anyone my age or over like you remember you can even make a 1-800 call and it costs like <laughs> you know your phone bill could be like 900 dollars if you had a family emergency because we didn't have like a you know $40 a month package across country. <laughs> anyway, I know it sounds stupid. So, you know, I was like, I thought it was really inaccessible it was kind of more my point for uh, folks who aren't uh, digitally sound, right. Um, but understandably, she was just annoyed that I was like, oh, why are you making such a big deal out of this. So anyway, I um, went there and, uh, you know, I had a look at their website. And, because there was something that really happened that bothered me. Um, so William Shatner was invited again to come. And I know most Canadians are like, oh my God, William Shatner, he's such a hero and such a legend. For what, being a white male actor in the 60s? Whatever. So I didn't used to be so cynical about him. I used to be a huge Star Trek fan. And I used to love um, watching it because my dad watched it religiously. 
so and then I was like that next generation um, generation and and you know I, I enjoyed Star Trek quite a bit anyway uh, a few years ago something happened <laughs> it was uh, William Shatner he had this huge hissy fit about um, Laura Ingalls um, award and you know we were at that time talking about how you know when you have these settler colonial books that everybody worships and of course they're derogatory at worst if they have any indigenous inclusion at all so anyway he made some racist tweet about no engines and um so the indigenous community said hey quit being a racist and he just blocked us all and that was actually one of the first times i ever made international news for a stupid tweet that i had because like I hadn't said you're an idiot. Um, that was still when I was really quite PC and trying to you know accommodate the uh, curl clutching curl curl clutching liberals and conservatives who are like, well, if you don't use the proper terminology, the proper English terminology, of course we cannot take you seriously. <laughs> so you know I've kind of given up on that because I now understand tone policing a lot better, and I know like you can't. You can't placate to racists when they're just racist or they have an anti-indigenous bias like you just can't engage with them they're they're always looking for a reason not to engage with you if they're tone policing you so anyway i was still pc then it wasn't like i was like calling him a jerk or anything and i still really have well i don't know maybe i have since but anyway um he just blocked me for for acknowledging a tweet that was like hey this is wrong and um and it, apparently um he's done transphobic things and ableist things as well so anyway i was just kind of tired like why is calgary comic-con bringing this you know privileged white male who can afford to go to space so apparently he brought him in and i was like like how indigenous are these guys <clears throat> so i was having a look at their website and of course there's no land acknowledgement and i was walking around the uh on on the grounds and you know they have vendors there selling sage and people were like well did you take a picture and i'm like no i didn't take a picture because i'm just trying to enjoy my fucking day thanks a lot so anyway um you know i just I, I, i'm just trying to make up the point this to my listeners sage shouldn't be for sale unless it's by an indigenous vendor one two quit bringing in these like you know toxic males um and then three, that bigger picture that, you know, we all have a role to play in reconciliation. And even Comic-Con can do more for, you know, bringing in a land acknowledgement on their damn website or something, right? Like, we all have a role. And, and why this matters to me is that I think um, there's so many people in my world that love Comic-Cons. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go to uh, Los Angeles. Texas Renaissance Festival. I went to Seattle once. Um, and that was when uh, John Travolta went there, actually, to he had a sci-fi movie or something. Anyway, it's been something that I really love. I, I love fantasy, um, but I can't be at places I know are problematic. And I'm kind of getting to that point where the prices are so expensive to go. The incredible amount of privilege, digital privilege uh there's no real indigenous um inclusion like you know we have uh gene brave rock who was a part of the original wonder woman and he's not you know featured as like a guest speaker 
Um, don't get me wrong, it was super cool. I was in the same room as John Cleese. Uh, someone, there was this couple that, that actually dressed up like the uh, coconut uh, people from the, from the uh, Monty Pythons. Like there was some really cool moments. And, and basically what happens if you go to these, you have to pay basically $100 to get an autograph and $100 in order to take a picture with one of these celebrities they bring in. So they brought in all four hobbits. All four of them were there. I couldn't believe at a deadline, like look straight at Sean Austin and um, Elijah Wood. And I, I couldn't believe it. And I know the other two were there too. And I know they're super popular and I'm sorry, I can't remember their names offhand, but uh, really, really cool to see them all right there. And then I had friends who um, paid that $100 or I'm sure it was 200 for those guys. And uh, they had a plexiglass that was separating the four hobbits from whoever was getting the picture. And so you would get these pictures done with them. It was super cool to see that. But I had even one friend, it, apparently she's a volunteer. I don't know what her job was, but it was her job to take all four to like the local pub or take them to the airport or whatever. So I, I got to ask her about that and find out about it. So that, I mean, that was definitely a highlight. Um, I had a friend who had a booth and I couldn't find it to save my life. But uh, anyway, my daughters and I scoped it out on Saturday and then Sunday we were given tickets from uh, one of the local charities here will give some tickets if you're signed up with the right organizations. So we were able to get tickets for my husband, myself and I, um, and we, we all went, but my husband has a really small threshold at being at a place that has thousands and thousands of people. So we took him to the like three or four places that we knew he'd like to be. But I think his highlight was there was like these Jay and Silent Bob dudes. Um, and it wasn't actually them. He's seen some other main characters that I didn't watch the movie. Anyway, he was so excited that he got to see them there. I seen the uh, Trailer Park Boys were sitting there regularly. But my personal highlight that I did pay $100 for, you know, the autograph and the picture was to meet Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. So that was super cool and, and news radio and like he's like a total super celebrity to me, but really nice humble guy I follow him regularly on Twitter if you follow me on Twitter you probably see me retweet some of his stuff. Because um, I'm just from that generation I love kids in the hall so anyway I had a good time despite you know. I'm wishing that when I say you know we all have a role in reconciliation, whether it's a sports club or community association, whatever, like if you're a total nerd like I am and love going to these comic cons, like why, why can't I ask you guys to help me and push with some indigenous inclusion there? Because, you know, indigenous are totally leading the way. Could you imagine if we got that director to come all the way here from like New Zealand? I, I, to me, that's a pipe dream, but you know, with more and more people like the reservation dogs, in Indian country, man, they are they are legends. And one of those legends live right in Alexis First Nation. So she wouldn't even be that hard to get over here, I bet. But that would want like actual inclusion. And and this matters to me because my daughter, like she's playing Dungeons and Dragons right now. And Dungeons and Dragons have done a really good job of trying to be more inclusive and not having negative a negative connotations associated with races anymore. And um, and just really like all the stories are about colonialism only the thing is is that if you're white and a settler in Canada or the U.S. you don't see yourself as the bad guy right but that's what it is anyway really hope that I can ask my listeners to like take a critical look at the things that you like around you 
can see are their land acknowledgements. Um, I was door knocking for Maryland. Maryland North Pagan is running in Calgary Klein for the NDP. And uh, one of my good friends, the uh, person who does the Settler Book Club. So if you're a settler anywhere across North America and you want to be in a book club trying to unpack uh, racism and, and settler colonialism, and you're not a part of my book club, be a part of her book club. Uh, really wonderful woman. Anyway, she has like literally a land acknowledgement right in her window. And she does that so that folks like me, when I go to door knock her house, feel wonderful and comfortable. And I, I just don't know why um, average Joe Canadian can't see their role in this, but it's there and it's at Comic-Con. And I'd really love to see people push for their local Indigenous um, celebs being at these types of events too because we're everywhere and there's there's no shortage of really cool people to to get to these anyway um so something else i wanted to bring up was that uh today's may 1st but may 5th is red dress day so if you don't have events happening in your area which likely you do you just don't know where to look and likely you probably are like oh my god i'm so good i can't possibly be on facebook and guess where it is it's on facebook so uh, a lot of Indigenous people use Facebook to do a lot of that organizing. So look there, look to see. And for folks who are like, well, you can't pay me, blah, 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 fine. If you just look on an internet search, you will likely see it, even though you can't maybe necessarily um, click on all of it, it'll ask you. You can at least see it in your search engine with most of the details there. So highly recommend you go. We're going to have one here. Um, Deb uh, Green is the main organizer for this one here, and uh, Bear Clan is, is working with her. And I've seen a lot of um, prep work for like, you know, red dresses and such uh, being literally stitched and made for the event. So anyway, if you are in a place and you, you, you claim you looked, at the very least, you know, maybe, maybe wear a red dress, like a small little cut out and pin it on your on your top or obviously if you're indigenous you you do it your way um i'll be dressed up and at that event and i encourage other people to go there's going to be a few politicians there as well and so i'll be on my best behavior even though i will want to punch out in the face a lot of the ucpers that i know will be there ah screw it even the mayor is going to be there i have zero relationship with her <laughs> at all and in fact one of her staffers did an interview with me and i've yet to hear from her people so whatever it is what it is i don't see politicians doing enough on reconciliation and they think i'm a bully for telling them that so so again that's calling me a bully is just tone policing which again it's just people committed to not wanting to really understand reconciliation so i don't actually take it personally I just tell my listeners so that they understand when you like, I can't possibly bully anyone. We just did our taxes. I make less than 9,000 a year and I had two jobs, <laughs> you know, and that's but like, I, I don't make money because I'm at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder, but that is the way Canada's designed so that they can have lots of missing and murdered indigenous women. So they can feel great about land theft, you know? So these are the reasons why we have to have May 5th, October 4th, um it's really important people start to understand the importance of these days and see them as a part of their regular calendar if they're going to be treaty partners here so let's move on um, i'm actually going to uh share the screen now so i'm going to try to say it for folks who will never uh watch it on youtube
but for folks who can at least um, watch me on on this medium of YouTube, you can see this. Oh, let me share the screen. Oh, and I do have uh, closed captioning now. So if you are a person that prefers to read, maybe uh, you can enjoy my YouTube. But obviously, I understand if that's not your cup of tea. It's just um, I have a I have friends who uh, talk about the amount of people that won't make amends and won't try to include folks with disabilities. Um, I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, can you do this? And I, I paid for it. I thought I had it set up and it wasn't working. And then I would upload like the script that I have. So if, if you're on my YouTube, you can probably see my script here. So anyway, what I wanted to talk about next was authentically Indigenous craft store. Why am I talking about this? Because I'm actually going to be there. And I, I know I need to put more effort into coming to these types of events. Um, again, with home policing, a lot of people are like, oh, I think Michelle's taking a step back or, oh, didn't, are, you, are you not in Lethbridge anymore? You know, these are the types of things people say to me. And I, could, I just kind of laugh because it's like, or is it you just don't want to engage with me or acknowledge me? Whatever. It is what it is. So I'm going to be at this one to do some uh you know live tweeting live uh inst or not instagram TikTok. I'll, I'll do TikTok stuff and try to um talk about some of the vendors that i see so what am i talking about authentically um indigenous.com so and it's it's not even indigenous it's indig.com uh you can actually have a look here if you're you want to see the posters and such so basically um it's a local grassroots market, and it was developed and created to support local Indigenous arts, culture, and promote community. And that's what I'm here for. I talk about community. I want to see our people who are like urban Indigenous people engage in the community the best they can, and then vice versa. I want to see this these so-called allies and the so-called reconciliation time actually support us, right? I say, oh yeah, I guess there's a socioeconomic imbalance and maybe pay indigenous people. Um, anyway, I'm gonna get off track here. Let's get back on. Uh, who are our vendors? Indigenous artists, creators and makers from the Calgary and treaty areas of seven, six and eight. What you can find at the sale is handmade goods, crafts, arts, jewelry, beadwork, food and more. They aim to create opportunities and support local indigenous creativity, arts, culture and promote community obviously right here and this is produced curated by a sister team of Mel Rin Salloy Eagle Speaker and Autumn Eagle Speaker. Now these are two Blackfoot uh, women who also have you know they're also part Black so they're part Black and Indigenous so for folks who claim to care about all these things this is where you should be supporting and um, the you know types of things you can buy here you can either give away for Mother's Day or maybe buy for honorariums for other people that you might be bringing into your organizations so anyway may 6th and 7th there's a uh, from 5 to 9 on the 6th is the night market and then on the saturday from 10 until 3 on may 7th there's uh this market and the theme is honoring our matriarchs and it's a five dollar fee for kids 12 and under and eight dollars for a weekend pass or sorry, I think I said that wrong. It's $5 fee, period. And kids 12 and under are free. 
<laughs> and if you want a weekend pass, it's just $8. And there's free parking because this is at the Kirby Center. And right across the way, there is some free parking. Um, and they even have one of those cool QR codes that I have yet to do, actually. So anyway, I am going to be one of the vendors there. I'm really excited to see some of the other folks. Really important, masks, masks are encouraged. Uh, why is this relevant? You know, our campaign was just hit. Um, Marilyn North began, she, her family contracted COVID. There's four generations and the grandmother passed. So, you know, she's sick with COVID, trying to put together um, funeral. And anyone in the Indigenous community, it's like a weekly occurrence. We're going to funerals. And this, for some reason, is so oblivious to non-Indigenous. They don't understand how COVID is disproportionately affecting us. So please, if you're coming, please don't be a jerk. Just wear your mask. Uh, I don't know too many of the vendors that are there for certain, but I do know that um, uh, Mamacita or Yvonne from Bear Clan, she is going to be doing fry bread on May 7th with all the proceeds going to Bear Clan Patrol. So if you're a person who maybe just wants to donate to Bear Clan, this might be a good time just to go over, tell Yvonne what a great job she's she and that entire team are doing and, um, you know, pass off some cash if you get a, an opportunity. And then the other thing that um, Autumn was telling me about was this wonderful uh, talent show. So it's the first annual that they want to do here. And it's um, here. Let me click on it and see what comes up. Oh, okay. So it's uh, from 6.30 till 8 p.m. on May 6th. And the final round is May 7th from 1 to 2. So if you're interested in getting to know this, this is at the Kirby Gym. And there's going to be like, you know, whatever you want. Is it is it being, you know, silly? Is it is it a, a moose call? Are, are you just, you know, a great dancer, mime? It doesn't matter. Whatever it is you're good at, that's what we want to see. So if you're at all interested, if you have somebody in your life that has a talent, this is where we need to see it. We need to showcase it. And this is the type of stuff I live for. So I hope, I hope that people can come, people will enter. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you there. So those are some uh, things I was really excited to tell you about, but there is one other thing that I'm super excited. So Unfortunately for the Calgary Public Library, uh, they are very much trying to push everybody in person and unfortunately for the Indigenous community that is a very difficult thing for us to be asked to do. And um, so anyway, my group is wanting to stay on Zoom. I'm absolutely excited about that. But the best part is now we, people don't have the barrier of a Calgary Public Library card. Uh, you never really did. If you would have messaged me, I would have gave you the link, regardless of whether or not you had a card. But now we can just go national and not worry about, you know, supporting your local library. I mean, obviously, I encourage that because I know books are expensive. And, you know, you can't just go buy books all the time. Now, for a lot of us reclaiming, of course, we buy our books. But, and that's like the big expense that we have. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. So book club. May 9th, we're doing uh, the uh, first and second chapter of the National Inquiry, uh, Volume 1A. June 13th, Indian in the Cabinet by Jody Wilson Rainbow. And I did reach out to her, and she was just wondering a quick time frame. And I just told her she came out only for 10 minutes. We'd be pretty much over the moon. So maybe she might come. Uh, 
And then of course the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women is going to be like rotated, like chunks of it so we could talk about it and decompress from it. So then on August 8th is Unreconciled by Jesse Wentick and he said he would come. So that's, that's a confirm. Now this is a funny one. So October 10th, I reached out to Chief uh, Clarence Louie. He's so funny. He's like, he's like that guy. You're like, settle down, uncle. Cause he goes, well, you know, you don't have to worry about pronouns or anything with me. And I started laughing and I'm like, yeah, but I'm an indigenous woman. So, okay. Uh, knowing that I'll be ready. But he's like, he's big on uh, not being politically correct. So is this one might be a doozy and this is your warning. So you might not want to listen to this one. If you don't like people not being too PC, like I think I'm not PC when I swear or when I just tell it as it is how I see it. But like, I mean, like this guy's really not PC. Like he says the words that I'd be like, nobody should say those words. But you know, for me, I, I just want to say this. So my dad uh, got me this book for Christmas. And even for people that I'm like, ugh, they are so oppressive in their language. They don't understand racism, blah, blah, blah. Even with those, I still read them. And I try to make space for them because to me, <laughs> the only book that sucks is one that you don't take away something good from it. And um, from my point of view, you know, my dad gave me this book. So for me, it's already a good thing. But here, this is the title. My um, indictment of Canada and America's systemic racism against Indigenous people. This guy may not be politically correct, like uh, Senator Patrick Brazo, but he's still, we're still on the same team. We're still on the same side. And he's still like, whether like not by blood, but I consider him my cousin or my uncle. And um, so anyway, I'll just give a quick um, idea because they're out in BC, their rules are a little different than the Indian Act one that I understand. Anyway, he very much is a, like a, um, modern economy type person uh who is another one a good example would be sutina the chief um he's really pro-economy as well a lot of indigenous nations in alberta are you know pro oil pro oil in order to you know have jobs um and and maybe negotiate a little more extra energy revenues so it's really smart for our people to do that but that said it is hard because we have the Wet'suwet'en right now, and these women are being, um, you know, brutalized by the RCMP. And really, we need our men to step up to them. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to get too much off the topic. Anyway, this was here's some really good, um, a must read by the Honorable Jody Wilson Rainboat, um, Peter Mansbridge. We all want to see reconciliation. Chief Louis does too. Here's his plan: a raw and honest perspective on First Nation leadership. Um, a testament to the type of no-nonsense leadership we all need long to see more of nowadays. Chris Chelios. Um, what is required is blunt truth, telling like uh, Chief Louis's book, and that's from Cindy Blackstock. So, and we all respect Cindy Blackstock on this podcast. Um, you know, not everybody's going to deliver the truth the way you like it. Uh, my listeners like it. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. So this book is, it's going to be a, a harder one for people who are, are you know, unlearning oppressiveness. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's important to listen to somebody who's been a chief, someone who understands how to manipulate the colonial, um, you know, laws and rules 
I, and I think it's just really important that everybody a, a broad perspective is is given on a regular basis. So pretty excited to see if he'll come or not, because, um, he, you know, we I don't know how he felt about how I said that. So anyway, Bruce McIver, um, there's a really great book about reconciliation called Standoff, and he's confirmed he's coming December 12th. So I wanted to tell everybody that because uh, the other part is, is that if you want to unpack the National Inquiry book with us in a, you know, I, I, I'm no counselor, but I, I'd like to think I know a lot more about cultural understanding, how hard these conversations are to talk about. But the other thing is, is that this is mainly settlers that listen um, and are part of this book club. So settlers have, you know, questions that might hurt. So. Anyway, you want to be a part of our book club, I'd love to have you a part of it. Uh, NativeCalgarian.com. Uh, it's always been that way, always will be that way. And um, now it's just not affiliated with anybody. It's just mine. So I hope you consider coming. Uh, the Reconciliation Action Group, we had uh, some really good momentum with a few articles on um, John A. McDonald is a, a high school here in Calgary. And obviously, nationally, we're trying to get these changes made. And, you know, the Calgary Board of Education, these are the same folks that refused to change Langevin, even after the Prime Minister had changed Langevin Block, um, Mayor Nenshi had changed uh, Langevin Bridge to Reconciliation Bridge, and we had been pushing for them to change Langevin School for decades, because uh, it wasn't, it wasn't just me that started this a long time ago, like even before 12, uh, 2013. Larry Leach was running for school board and talking about these things, you know, so this has been a long time coming to get that one school done. So you can imagine the barriers we're facing with John A. McDonald. And so anyway, we've got a couple of good news articles. We did share them. Uh, I didn't see a lot of shares of it. So I'm hoping people at least read them. I want to give a shout out to uh, Professor uh, Sean uh, Carlton because he um, like he has wrote about John A. McDonald being problematic in the past. And he, uh, our group reached out to him and he wrote a yet another letter to the CBE, along with some other professors to ask them to be like, are, are you sure you want your legacy to be under this? So there was a public meeting. Unfortunately, where I don't know any of the outcome of it because I haven't made time for that. Because uh, contrary to proper belief, I'm actually quite busy. Um, I just not paid for it all, <laughs> but that's not true. I've been getting some honorariums. So for folks who would like to have me speak or for, um, you know, some of the community work I do, I am starting to get some some payment, which I appreciate. Um, anyway, but for Reconciliation Action Group, like this is this is for open to anyone. Reconciliation is way bigger than what I'm saying. It's way bigger than just what Chief Louie says. It's it, it's so much bigger like thousands of Indian residential school survivors said, this is the problem, here are the solutions. Everybody has a role to play in, in some of that, whether it's a small bit, whether it's a big bit. So anyway, every city should have some sort of reconciliation group that's doing that work. And you know we have the reconciliation action group. So again, if you want to learn more about that and you don't know how, just contact me. We'll get you, get you in, in the know. And if you don't have one locally, consider starting one. Maybe it's a book club. And, and honestly, our Reconciliation Action Group started as a book club. And it was people who were motivated to do more, right? And now folks who were part of my original book club are now donating or 
part of the campaign for Maryland North again, right? So these are the things that we can do. We can support good um, Indigenous candidates in the upcoming elections. And speaking of which, <laughs> now you're seeing this wrong on, on here. So I'm just going to change over to here. So a friend of mine, well, a person I've been lucky enough to know and call a friend is Naomi Sayers. Many of you know her. Uh, she's a lawyer out at the Sault Ste. Sault Ste. Marie area. And um, I wanted to give everybody an update because I said, hey, if you live out at, and I know half of my listeners are from Ontario, but if you live out in uh, the Sault Ste. Marie riding, she <laughs> is running independent now. So it, it turned out, uh, and I'll just read it for what she says here on her website as an update. Some of you know I was seeking nomination to stand as the Ontario Liberal Party candidate for the Sault Ste. Marie riding. The party has told me with notice as of Thursday at about 3.30 that they will not continue the vetting process. I don't want to foc on what, focus on what is in the past and can't be changed. I want to focus on the future. This is my update on my intentions to be an independent candidate. So folks, if you are in that writing, please go to her website, have a look. She has a very laid out here about the issues that she wants to talk about and how to get involved, the deadlines that are coming up, some things that really matter to her the most that she wants to talk about. So there's there's no excuse. If you live out in Sault Ste. Marie riding, please, I'm asking you, support her, <laughs> endorse her, volunteer for her, donate to her at the very minimum, and bloody hell vote for her if you're in her area. So these were things I wanted to bring up today, and, and I thank you for listening to me every single day. I'm just, I'm shocked when I see some of the, the um, numbers that I get. So I'm going to stop this video. And I hope that folks who are, are listening can see what I was seeing, the importance of what I'm doing. So, um, oh, and now my vote video is right off. Okay. All right. Finally got this figured back out. <laughs> Four years four years, folks. And here I am still trying to figure out Zoom properly. <laughs> anyway, anyway. All right. So those were the things I really want to uh, bring up today was uh, the book club, the Reconciliation Action Group, Naomi and St. Sue St. Marie, um, Red Dress Day, and maybe a little thoughts about my ideas on Comic-Con. Anyway, I'm proud that this podcast has given solutions and included cultural safety training or cultural first aid in all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous people of colour, those with disabilities, and LGBTQ2 plus to speak. Oh, that was one other thing I should have brought up is that finally there's been some changes in Canada over the stupid banning of blood for gay men. So I, there's obviously some criticism too. I can't remember what it is offhand. But I'll have to look at it as we start getting into policy here. Um, but thank God there's been some freaking change there. Uh, my understanding for folks who want to know more about that is that there wasn't the science to prove it. So anyway, there was funding, science to prove it. Now it's finally done. So, so stupid. So stupid. Anyway, if you're interested in learning more about the gay blood band, um, it's going to be a negative part of our history, and I hope we never forget it. But obviously, as you can see what's happening in Ontario, um, so there's, I actually just found out today, there's two, like, way fringe, right wing type groups, one that Derek Sloan is leading, 
and a new one called the new blue and uh, i'm just sad because we're not even getting reconciliation into the curriculum because folks are too busy i don't know doing whatever they're doing so that these folks are getting actual like airtime i can't even believe it so my hope is that we have enough blue teams in Ontario that we split the vote enough that uh, we lose this ridiculousness that is Doug Ford. But never underestimate people. Um, you know, if the blue team does their work and gets their peoples out to the polls, they win. That's why every single Canadian needs to see their role in being a part of a different solution if you want something more progressive. Anyway, um, I want to say thank you to Cheryl Ward, uh, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Friedkin of heretohelp.bc.ca for a great piece on what is Indigenous safety culture, our cultural safety, and why should I care about it? You know, I just looked through it again today to make sure that it was still there, but it, they're just such great reminders. And there's so many resources now about being an ally to Indigenous people. Anyway, their work and those cultural action tools, I've said, in my podcast so support indigenous work like that as part of your reconciliation work settler understanding and unlearning some of the white supremacy that you were taught in this societal construct i'm just lucky enough to highlight and repeat them here so for folks of us who are maybe new immigrants uh, maybe you're indigenous maybe you're a person of color or maybe you're lgbtq2 plus or maybe you have a disability internalized oppression dynamics is a part of who we are and we have to work hard to unlearn them and to not internalize that hate so sometimes we call it internalized racism or lateral violence but anyway this is another form of violence that marginalized folks experience so if you go to uh, racial tool or oh, sorry racial equity tools.org there's some really great resources there <clears throat> one that i really like is um by Donna Bevins about what is internalized racism. And it really talks about those oppression dynamics. So it may say black woman, and I just want you to consider, like if you have a disability, consider people with disabilities. If you're LGBTQ plus, consider it that word. If you're indigenous, that word to try to unpack some of the white supremacy you've been taught. White supremacist, ableist, um, homophobic type of you know, unpacking that and realizing uh, oppressive language. Also, uh, do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by American Friends Service Committee. They have a great, um, you know, do's and don'ts of how to intervene when you see somebody being um, attacked. Um, and when I say attacked, I, I don't always mean, you know, like somebody beating someone up. Um, although I do have to say, I did call out someone this week who, apparently as part of my contacts because TikTok told me that you were a part of my contacts and he posted a stupid video of indigenous women fighting on sea trade and you you labeled it drunk as fuck and i thought you motherfucker how dare you follow me and not understand intergenerational trauma not understand displacement of indigenous people and post something like that what you did was you outed yourself as a racist and did everything opposite of what i tell you to do here by going to do's and don'ts by standard intervention so whoever you are i sure hope you block me i sure hope we never cross paths because you cannot reconcile this you can't post pictures of marginalized people pull, put them up on the internet and then 
use that as some kind of trauma porn for yourself. I don't know what you're doing with it, but what it did, and I read the comments, it was just a whole bunch of white people being like, yeah, that's the way it is here. <laughs> I hate hungry. <laughs> and it's like, you are literally the problem. And it wasn't just white people, it was immigrants and such as well. Like you watch the videos, just like, you know, other like people of color on the sea train who are obviously newer immigrants or refugees, et cetera. And they're all just like, you know, I'm not intervening. And I get that, but you contributed to it because a lot of you are still laughing. And thanks a lot, folks. You know, this is the type of racism that we face here. And for folks who actually care and actually have hearts and empathy, compassion, and understanding as to what we're dealing with, you can go to the American Friends Service Committee at afsc.org and go to those Susan Doe's uh, bystander intervention. Also, I'm proud to be a member of racism.ca. And if you experience any racism or see it here in Calgary, like all of those people that were on that stupid TikTok, easily, easily, easily could have um, instead texted racism.ca that moron who put it up there. And I said ableist languages. Ugh. Anyway, I downloaded the video. I'm literally going to send it to these folks and be like, this is the type of racism I, as an Indigenous woman, can't even go on to freaking TikTok without seeing. Because these, because here's the thing, and this is part of my now human rights complaint going up against um, the pharmacist. You don't see us as people. And that's the problem. Had anybody intervened? Like these are two women who were hardly capable of standing. Little and they weren't hurting anybody but the comments are like oh well, nobody wants to get hurt and it's like come on you guys you don't see us as people that's what it is so anyway indigenous been talking about our issues sharing our traumas and reports commissions and public hearings just so it can be regularly disregarded no more honor our words honor the treaties listen to politicians and their platforms and their policies if they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus if they are cutting violence prevention programs and services, indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities, know that your vote to that party is directly negatively impacting marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. Denying those reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational justice and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from election platforms, politicians, institutions, comic cons. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism they have zero business running or being doing public events should be understood by all parties local politicians community organizations sports clubs uh anything you know a really great article that's out there is truth before truth how non-indigenous canadians become allies that's still up there there's many really great articles out there if you're experiencing emotional distress after anything we talked about today and want to talk, you can call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It's 24-7, open 
24 hours a day. You can also, they also, if you go onto their website, hopefulwellness.ca, they have a text option as well. If more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and Two-Spirit, you can also call 844-413-6649. It is a national toll-free uh, crisis call line for anyone. Uh, for non-Indigenous, there are distress center lines in your area and a functioning 211, or call 833-456-4566. And a really great resource for um, Indigenous in Alberta is the 60 Scoop Indigenous Society of Alberta. So if you go to ssisa.ca, um, you can see a lot of their great work that they're doing. And again, I'll just do a plug for Act to End Racism. Um, so LGBTQ2 plus uh, crisis supports. The Trevor Project um, has all the supports. The Canadian version of that is lifevoice.ca. This is important because the conservative right-wing media are actually attacking the Trevor Project for creating you know, safety plans and such for LGBTQ2 plus youth. Uh, trans, everybody. So folks, like you really have to decide which side of history you're on and you have to start working at this because I don't want to see another person who's LGBTQ2 plus suffer in any capacity. I don't want them experiencing racism, discrimination. I know what it's like. Anyway, violence is my everyday rea reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast to speak freely without interruption, tone police, leadership shaming, gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous thoughts and opinions, but sure want to tell us theirs, even though they've never lived as an Indigenous person, know nothing about colonialism, worse are in denial of it. They don't know about the constant surveillance of Indigenous people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights. Microaggressions, people dealing with internalized racism, gatekeepers, whoa, are there enough of those folks who live off the status quo, people who are in their trauma. Um, internal and external racism is an everyday reality for Indigenous people in Canada. That's why I needed this podcast. Thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom, the strength of what strength looks like through your examples. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and stepping up and teaching me how to be a proud Calgarian. It is through her, I'm a second generation proud Calgarian. I highly recommend if you're non-Indigenous to not call yourself a native Calgarian. Um, I want to say thank you to Darcy for producing and editing the show. On top of being my husband, my childhood friend, the father of our child to support down my journey of the Red Road, he has witnessed decades of racism and sexism. And to our child, who we are blessed to learn from daily, we are honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. My hope is that my daughter will be proud of us trying to discuss these issues in a way that they can understand. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, previous donors, for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or your questions. And I also have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. And I always want to end. So again, for folks who don't understand, when I did my intro and I said I'm, I'm, I'm part of the hair people, I'm talking about rabbits. 
So I always end every single one of my shows and I caught people on my social media who don't listen, didn't catch my joke. Anyway, uh, it, there was uh, Crackmax had shared these bunnies just being erratic and they were like, what's going on here? <laughs> and I laughed and I was like, oh, they're lucky I'm not tradish. <laughs> so every single podcast I end this was saying, I want to give a side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin responded, or you'd be in my dish. Thank you for listening, folks.